back to the Holy Hardwood podcast with Pat and Tony. Uh, you know, exciting weekend for the New Orleans Pelicans as they beat the Denver Nuggets. And then on a second night of a back-to-back, went against uh, the tough Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Pat, you know, what did you kind of see from, from this weekend and kind of talk to me about what you liked? Hey, Tony. Um, yeah, like you said, pretty uh, pretty strong weekend for this Pels team. Obviously had a pretty tough back-to-back, um, you know, following up uh, a pretty daunting schedule here over the last week and a half, two weeks. Um, but I'd say all things considered, um, for a back-to-back, especially with the limited group, right, as we're still dealing with some of those injuries, it was a, it was a strong performance and one that I think a lot of positives can be taken away from it, although... Um, you know, despite only going one and one and splitting and, and letting one, you know, that could be categorized as slipping away, looking at last night's game. But altogether, I think it was a um, good performance and a good test. And I think one that everybody should be feeling pretty confident about following. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, just kind of going off of these last three games, you've kind of seen this team piece it together a little bit. Um, I think the addition of Herb getting back into the starting lineup and having Dyson out there as that second main defender, I think has, you know, helped the likes of Jonas Valanciunas, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson. Uh, You know, it's not so glaring out there when the team kind of might make a mistake here or there. Um, So kind of speak on that defensive side of uh, the ball and what you've liked those last three games here. Uh, with that new starting lineup yeah I'd say those two have been really good um, speaking about Dyson and and Herb not only from a personal perspective um, you know doing a good job of um, you know con- contributing in terms of their own matchups but at the same time like you said um, you know the contributions that they can both have at the floor while being there um, in congruence with um, a guy like JV um, you know although JV still struggling um, but they certainly are able to cover up for him a lot better than the previous lineup. So um, when looking at that, it, it makes him a lot more valuable considering the things that he can do on the offensive end of the floor. So I'd say just that in itself, um, you know, is worth uh, worth the adjustment. And, you know, it allows JV to play extended minutes and you're able to use him a little bit more effectively on the offensive end just because um, they're able to limit um, some of the damage that, that he's dealing with from a, a defensive perspective. Going off of Jonas's offensive game, uh, particularly in these last two games, I, I kind of saw out there that the Pels may have, I don't know if they said something to him or it was just him kind of realizing this, but I felt like he was more, you know, engaged and right when the ball touched his hands, it wasn't kind of sticking there. He wasn't taking his five seconds to look around, then his five seconds to back someone down. It was like, the ball hit his hands. He either shot it, made a move, or made a pass. Uh, do you kind of did you see that as well, or am I kind of seeing something different? No, I'd say it's it's fair to say um, he did look more decisive. Again, not sure if that's something that um, you know was premeditated from just him, himself, or if that was something that maybe was brought up to him when when working through some of the film and, and looking at some of the past games but um certainly when he is decisive on the offensive end and and plays at a little bit faster pace in terms of finding his shots and 
um, you know, making the defense pay um, for whatever coverage they're in, right? If he's getting some one-on-one matchups, especially against some guys that aren't as talented as a guy like Gobert, right? Um, obviously, that's an advantageous, um, you know, position for the Pels. But again, I think a lot of it also just stems from the fact that he just wasn't under such constant attack um, defensively. So obviously, anytime you feel like you're not being picked on over and over again, um, it's going to help your your confidence in terms of the other side of the floor as well. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, kind of like when JV is assertive like that and just kind of lets the offense flow. Um, so I, I really like that, particularly here over the weekend, seeing all of that offensively. Um, but back to the defense, you know, you, you've seen all these guys like Herb and Dyson get a bunch of deflections leading us into the break and, you know, getting us into that fast break where we're, you know, hitting those uh, threes and getting into a good flow. So hopefully we can uh, begin to continue getting better on that end and the offense uh, slowly but surely um, starts getting a little more crisp as well. Yeah, certainly. Um, You've been hammering home on that for a couple weeks now that – you know, them being out in transition and playing at a little bit faster pace is, is something that helps a lot of these guys that, that may be limited in the half court. So, um, you know, obviously the more guys that you have out there that are active defensively and do have active hands, that can disrupt plays and, um, you know, blow plays up. Obviously that, that helps for the team in, in terms of heading to the other end and, um, you know, creating opportunities to score and, and play at that faster pace. So um, I think it certainly is, a, it helps both Dyson and Herb themselves, right? Having a secondary defender next to each one of them um, that allows each one of them to play a little bit more um, in transition in the open floor, just because those two guys would probably be the two that you, you kind of pick on in terms of um, being limited in, in, in the half court offense um, in that aspect of their game. So, yeah, I think those two have been a, a really good fit. And I think that that's something that, you know, although they're going to more than likely revert back to the normal starting lineup, um, that you're going to see those two, you know, anchor a lot of rotations and different lineups that are on the floor as we continue through the year. No doubt. And just another guy to hit on is Najee Marshall. I feel like he's brought a lot of energy from coming off of his uh, early season injury. And then again, uh, when Dyson or Herb go to the bench, you still are having a second option there who's bringing the energy, defending, and uh, kind of just getting out and running. So, it's a good change of pace to have another guy as well coming off the bench that can uh, bring those tools. Yeah. Najee's always, you know, played with that high motor and has been a pest on defense. So that's not new, but I think the the biggest difference for him is, um, you know, in the past he had a tendency to do all those great things defensively and, you know, bring a lot of those characteristics that you look like, but then, he would offset a lot of them with, you know, some poor decisions and some poor shot IQ. Um, but it looks like that's something that maybe he spent some time, um, you know, working on and, and reviewing with the coaching staff because he is doing a better job of valuing that basketball. Um, it seems to be that he has a higher, um, you know, sense of value in terms of possession to possession. And then, at, you know, the last two or three games here specifically, he's added a dimension to the team also off the bench with some, um, you know, timely perimeter shooting. So, um, the best you can really hope for moving forward is he he can emulate this as he as he moves through the coming weeks, because um, like you said, obviously having another body there that is able to bring both um, energy and defense, but also gives you a little bit of a a punch in terms of offense when when some of those 
um, more challenging groups that are on the floor. So um, hopefully that's something we can look forward to and, and we don't really see uh, uh, any slippage there when, when looking at Najee and his production. Yeah, and to kind of go with, with the offense and how that's been looking, I feel uh, Zion, particularly Friday, uh, got off to a really good start. Um, how do you think that you know the assurgence of this defense getting a little better has led or bled into his game where he may be getting a couple you know better opportunities in transition to uh, start these games? Well, I don't think it's a secret that you know, offensively, he's a little bit more limited than other guys, um, you know, of his stature in the league, right? You know, he, he's a guy that's capable of scoring 25 a night, but most guys do it in a, a little bit more, um, you know, dynamic ways than, than he does. You know, he's very um, dependent on, you know, attacking the rim, playing with athleticism and, and force. So, you know, when he's not able to, you know, be as effective when playing around the rim and getting out in transition. It just puts a lot of extra stress on his game. So um, the more and more you, you, you know, give him the opportunity to work and play in space, then, you know, that's advantageous to him and, and he's not having to, you know, certainly deal with some of those shortcomings that he has on the offensive end. So um, the more and more you can, you can put him in those situations, I think you're going to start to see him get more um, back to himself and, and playing at a higher you know, production value and playing um, some better basketball. Yeah. And, you know, without, you know, you always bring up stuff about, about Zion. You can't leave out BI. What what have you seen from him in this last, you know, stretch of games here on this homestand? Do uh, you think he's getting in a better of a rhythm or just more comfortable with the offense now that the defense is a little turned up? Uh, where, where do you see those improvements by him? He's been better. A lot of it to me also, um, besides just being active and engaged, which um, I think we talked about it possibly following the the Dallas game, I believe. But to me, he's looked a little bit better physically too. I don't know if that's just maybe, you know, he had some some nicks and bruises. I know in training camp there, he was dealing with some minor little, you know, not injuries, but just ailments, right? So it, it looks like maybe 10, 12 games in, he's looking a little bit healthier and um, kind of finding his rhythm. He's always kind of been notorious for being a, a little bit more of a slow starter, so this certainly isn't outside the norm, um, you know, seeing him kind of pick up his pace and, and playing at a, a higher level here as we're, you know, a little bit further into the season and, you know, about a month and a half removed from training camp. So, um for the most part, seeing seeing a lot of good things from him. There's still just a couple minor things you'd like to see him clean up, um, but I think it certainly helps him whenever they're playing at a higher pace as well, and and he's not solely you know depending on having to play in the half court against set defenses as well. You know, you see him, he'll get a couple easy buckets and and maybe some transition or or secondary transition you know looks from from the perimeter and helps him getting to the free throw line also. So. I don't think there's really anybody that's going to be hurt by the team playing that faster pace um, and, and generating some easier looks. But again, for the most part, um, he's been very solid, but there, there's still a little bit of room for improvement. And where would you say that improvement is? Uh, I know obviously he hasn't been shooting the ball too well from three, but I just like that he's getting those attempts up. So 
he kind of said in an interview, maybe it was Friday after the game or it may have been after the Dallas game, saying, oh, well, once that goes or if it starts to go, you know, it's going to be a real problem because, you know, he's shooting north of 60% on his pull-up shots now. So that's getting pretty consistent. And, you know, he gets to the line a few more times a game and then that three falls, like you said, I mean, that becomes very hard to guard. Yeah, nothing nothing with him is um, offensive-based or, or shot selection-based. Everything, I would say, is just, you know, mental lapses, um, maybe just not valuing the ball as, as much as it should be on a possession-to-possession basis. He had a couple poor turnovers in the later stages of that game last night that I'm sure he'd like to have back, you know, just valuing the ball and, and really understanding, you know, what his responsibility is late. And, and then some of that also is just... Um, he still had a couple slippages defensively that he wasn't quite in the right spot or he was late. And um, so, you know, just small things like that, that, that takes a game where you say he, you know, played really good to, you know, he, he doesn't make a couple of those errors. And then you're looking at that as a, as a really excellent, you know, night eclipsing 30 and, um, you know, going for nearly 10 rebounds and, and getting a lot of guys some good looks. So um, a lot of that's just on him and, and he just needs to do a better, a little bit better job of just staying locked in from, from play to play and just, um, you know, not allowing himself to kind of lose focus as some of his touches might be diminishing, you know, on a, on a couple possessions here and there. So, um, but that's really the only thing that I'd, I'd call out. Gotcha. And just to kind of go about last night's game, uh, you know, up 14 in the fourth quarter, uh, got a little tight, a little more physical. Is this just still, you know, you put it as some of these guys not being in this moment um, because it seems like they can get these leads, but not quite yet, you know, finish these teams at the end. It could have been a little tiredness from the back-to-back, but I don't like to use that as an excuse by any means. So where do you kind of see that that falling where it kind of uh, went the other way for them last night? I think some of it also is just, just matchup basis, right? I mean, Minnesota isn't a team that they match up great against. Um, they've had a hard time beating Minnesota the last two or three years, right? They they have some guys that present some issues in terms of, you know, defensive matchups, especially late in the game. Um, a guy like Cat, he, he's tough to guard, especially as we want to go a little bit smaller, more versatile on the defensive end. Um, you know, but at the same time, they also have some length and, and some really good athletes on the perimeter um, that can disrupt guys like, you know, Brandon and, um, you know, when Zion's in the lineup. So it certainly has its issues just in terms of looking at the Timberwolves as a whole. But, um, yeah, there is some inexperience there, but also I, I, I'm going to overlook that a little bit, right? I, I didn't see anything egregious the, that you could point back to and say, oh, well, this was the exact reason why they lost this game because, um, you know, X player uh, made this mistake. I mean, if anything, I, I think you I think you'd be the first one to admit it. I mean, a lot of that comes down to um, – you know, Brandon's got to do a better job of valuing the ball late there. That's that's two possessions where we didn't get a look. Um, I'm sure he's beating himself up over the split, you know, at the free throw line. Um, but really those three things are the three things that really take you from letting that game slip away to, to closing it out and it really not being a close game. Maybe you win by, you know, five to seven points and it's not even an issue coming down the stretch, you know, and, and not even looking at the last shot. I think the last shot was a good look. Um, I think he had mentioned it. He was happy with the look. Um, you know, maybe he 
should have decided to pull up maybe a dribble sooner just to give himself a little bit more space as he had already had the defender beat. But again, it's very small stuff. The The margin of error in the league is so tight, right? Everybody's so good and so talented that all it takes is two or three decisions in the you know final three, four minutes in a game can swing and, and sway. So um, I, I would chalk it up to those couple areas right there. I don't think it's something that you need to start um, you know, doing a deep dive and seeing, oh, well, why can't these why can't we close games out? I mean, the night before you saw them do a good job of closing out a, a really high caliber team whenever, you know, we had both guys. Obviously, it's a lot easier when we have two guys going back and forth rather than one guy having the responsibility, um, you know, eight, ten possessions in a row, especially with a team that um, I believe is probably the highest rated defensive team in the league right now. So, you know, when we're limited offensively against a team that has not only the the manpower to do it, but, you know, that's kind of their identity, right? That's something that they're going to lean on. I, I don't think you can really dig too much into it. I think the biggest um, takeaway from the game is they showed up, they played a really hard-fought game, played with a lot of energy on a night that nobody would really blame them for um, coming out a little bit flat with, with a lack of energy due to that back-to-back, um, you know, after an emotional win against Denver. So I think, for the most part, I take it as a positive yeah, it is one that slipped away and you'd like to have back. But if I had to really tally it up at the end of the night, I think it's it's more of a positive than a negative. Yeah, agreed. Just kind of how you were saying the night before, Zion and Brandon, the last four or five minutes, kind of closed that game out. And like you always say, this is a make-or-miss league. You know, one night they're going to make those plays and, you know, catapult us uh, for those wins. And then last night, uh, like you said, you got the shot you wanted. You Maybe wish Brandon would have hit that free throw so it was at least tied. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're either going to make it or make, miss it. And, you know, Friday we made the shots and last night we didn't. And you just got to chalk it up as that and move on. And, you know, you have another tough Sacramento team coming into the house tomorrow night and Wednesday. And, you know, the biggest thing I can take away from the weekend is, like you said, on the back-to-back, they could have came out flat. You know, they continued that energy on the defensive end. We're playing with pace. We're sharing the ball with each other. And uh, you could kind of see they got that pop back into their step as a team. So that was at least really good to see. Yeah, absolutely. That that really, um, you know, just aligns with everything that I'm saying. It seems like we're in lockstep there. So um, just need to move forward and, and pick up the next one and hopefully – um, best case scenario, you're able to steal two from, from Sacramento, but you know, worst case scenario, just take care of, you know, split the matchup, pick up a win against them and, and then look to hopefully here following, um, you know, Thanksgiving later in the week, we can certainly hopefully get a, a couple extra pieces back and, and then we can really start trending in the right direction. Yeah, Pat, um, you know, just from a week ago till now, I think there's been some big strides made on that defensive end and you know, the offenses look good. So, you know, let's put another week together and hopefully uh, you can go 3-0. And then if not, you just try to get uh, the next best thing. And so just take care of these home games here. And then Friday's that in-season tournament game against the Clippers, which is huge. So I believe if they win that, they'll be, you know, locked in to be going to Vegas and stuff like that or however that works. So, you know, a lot of big games coming up this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, the most important thing that they can do at this point, right, is just continue to progress, um, improve in the areas that they the, that they're deficient in, and um, you know, ultimately, you don't love to to start the year with with any issues, right? And 
you know, some lo- extended losing streaks, but as long as you're continuing to trend in the right direction over the, the next couple of weeks and months, um, and you start to gain some more chemistry, um, you know, there's, there's no reason at all besides, you know, outside of any, uh, some small moves around the, you know, margins that, that this team can't be a, a high level team that can compete or that can compete with any team in the league on a, a night in night out basis. So I think that that should be the, the goal and the objective, you know, on a week to week basis. And, um, you know, looking at this last week, like you said, they accomplished that, but now the, you know, the important part is to forget about that and, and move on to the next week and, and build off of it. So I, I look forward to hopefully seeing that as we move through this week. No doubt about it, Pat. Like I said, Sacramento Kings coming in tomorrow and Wednesday. Gotta, gotta, um, you know, protect home court like we've been doing here. So very interested in to see how this week uh, shakes out. Yep, we'll be uh, watching along this week, and hopefully, like you said, we're able to steal a couple wins. But um, biggest thing is just continue to to move forward. So hopefully, we can see that. Yes, sir. And as always, thanks for joining the show, Pat. Appreciate it.